Turn your Bibles, if you would. We're going to be in the Gospel of uh, John, and we're going to start off in chapter 20 and then move into chapter 21, the Gospel of John. So I need you to listen really closely and pay attention. A man goes into a seafood restaurant, he sits down, and he orders a lobster tail. The waitress smiles and sweetly replies, Once upon a time, there was a handsome lobster. Some of you got it, some of you didn't. A lobster tail. Amen. So this morning I want to talk about come and eat. Come and eat. And we're going to be, again, as I said, we're going to start in the Gospel of John. We're going to start in, in, in verse 28, but I want to give us some background leading up to this chapter. Uh, if you go back one chapter in John 19, we read about Jesus' trial before Pilate, his crucifixion, and his burial. Then as we go into chapter 20, we see the account of his glorious resurrection and his empty tomb, and then uh, John gives us some details of three of his post-resurrection appearances. Three appearances after his resurrection. The first one was to Mary Magdalene. The second one was to his disciples, but one of his disciples was not there, Thomas. And then his third appearance was to his disciples with Thomas present. And when Thomas saw his Lord what did he declare in, in John 20, verse 28? He said, my Lord and my God. Verse 29, and Jesus said to him, he said, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. And that last verse is my desire for each and every one of you and for everyone I come into contact with. Amen. That should be the heart's desire for every born-again believer, for every person we come into contact with. Now, let's uh, see this morning. I I want us to move into chapter 21, if we can. Chapter 21, starting with verse 1. Now, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in his way, he showed himself. Simon Peter... Thomas, called the twin, Didymus, Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, the two sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples were together. And Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we're going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, he said, children, have you any food? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, 
And now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of the fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, that was John the disciple, said to Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and he plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about two hundred cubits, dragging the net with all the fish. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire and coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, Come and eat. Come and eat. So as we see here, backing up to to verse 2, we see the list of of seven names. Seven of Jesus' disciples had gathered together. Seven men, seven men of purpose, they had left all to follow Christ. They had left their families, their businesses, their livelihood. They had left all behind to follow Christ. They walked with him every single day of his ministry. They saw his miracles. They saw all the healings that he had done. They broke bread with him. They heard him teach. They heard all of his claims of who he was, that he was uh, the Son of God, the Son of Man. They heard it all. They witnessed his crucifixion. They felt the sorrow and the despair of his death. But also, the joy and the rejoicing of his resurrection. But now, they were called to go. Go and spread the gospel. Go and spread the good news of Jesus Christ, that that life-changing message of Jesus Christ. Go and minister to those in need. This small but mighty group were asked to fulfill the greatest calling on earth, to go and serve. Go and serve. Now, this morning, I want us to take a few minutes to see what we can learn from this small but mighty group. Amen? First thing I want us to see is that our movement is contagious. Amen? Our movement is contagious. Going back to verse 3. Peter said, I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. Peter was a fisherman through and through. I mean, it literally ran through his veins. Amen? Now, keep in mind, we have to understand the context here. The disciples had been, you know, they'd been in hiding for weeks after Jesus' crucifixion, after his trial and his crucifixion. They had gone into hiding. They feared that the scribes, the Sadducees, the the Jewish religious leaders, that, that they would apply the same fate to them that Jesus received. Bottom line, they, they, you know, gathered together and they hid And they met in secret, fearing, literally fearing for their lives. But Peter, he's come to this point, and he finally says, look, enough is enough. Amen? He says, enough is enough. It's time to get out. It's time to get going. He says, we've talked about it long enough. 
We've done our waiting and watching. It's high time for us to get out and to go. Amen? And as a church, as the body of Christ, this is our message as well. We're called to do more than just come and and gather together on Sunday mornings or during Bible study. Amen? We're called to do more than just talk about what needs to be done. We are called to go just as they were. Plain and simple, we are called to go. And the truth is, movement is contagious. Amen? Movement is contagious. It just takes one faithful step to get things moving. Look, when Peter said that in verse 3, Peter said, look, I'm going fishing. What, What followed right after that? They said to him, well, if you're going, we're going with you. Amen? Movement is contagious. It took one disciple to step forward, to take that step of faith. Peter said, I'm going. And they said, well, we're going to go with you then. What we do absolutely has an impact on others. What we do impacts those around us. Not just a recipient of, the, of, the, of, of our actions. You know, when we go, we minister. It's not just that one receiving our ministry that's impacted. We need to understand it also impacts those who are watching us. They see it, and then they want to be part of it too. As a child of God, we share the great responsibility of, of spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. What we do or don't do. Amen? What we do or don't do affects those around us. We have to keep that in mind. Someone is always watching us. Whether it's our children or grandchildren, they're looking at us for an example. Whether it's, you know, the world, they're looking at us to see when we stumble and fall. And then those who are in need, they're looking at us for help. Amen? Someone is always watching us. So what we do is uh, or will affect those around us. Amen? So the question is, what do people see in your walk? What are people seeing in your walk? Amen? It's different when we're here gathered together with other believers, right? It's easy to look Christian. But what do people see when we leave this church house every single day? Do they see the heart and the love of Jesus Christ? Do they see his his caring hands at work ministering to one another? Do they see his forgiveness, his humility? Do they see his light shining through in this dark and dying world? You see, in Jesus Christ, we are a new creation with a new purpose And a new calling. Amen? In Romans chapter 14, verses 7 and 8. For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Amen? And we are called to go. 
We're called to go share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to minister to those in need, and understand that our movement is contagious. Amen? Second thing I want us to see this morning, not only is our movement contagious, but our motivation is Christ. Our motivation is Christ. Going back to our text, look at verse 3. Peter said, I'm going fishing. They said, well, we're going to go with you. And it says, they went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught what? Nothing. They caught absolutely nothing. You know, we think about it today. We go out fishing. We, you know, cast the rod a couple times, and if it's a couple hours, we come back with nothing. It's okay. It's still a good day fishing, right? We have to put our, uh, you know, put our shoes, uh, our feet in their shoes. They didn't have fishing rods like we had. They had very, very heavy nets they had to cast. Amen? They'd throw that heavy net overboard, and, and it would take a couple men to drag that net back onto the boat and hope they had some fish in it. They cast out those heavy nets and pulled them back in all night long. Over and over, they cast it out, and they hauled it back in. Time after time, hour after hour of hard labor, all for what? For nothing. Bible tells us they fished all night long, and they caught nothing. Now, we have to remember, these were fishermen by trade. That's how they made a living. That was their livelihood. That's how they fed their families. And if we, you know, kind of see ourselves here in this story, we can all relate to that off night, can't we? It's kind of like the baseball player who goes hitless in all five at-bats in a game. Or that salesman who waits on customer after customer on their shift and never gets that sale. It was exhausting, and it was a frustrating night for them. Physically, mentally, and emotionally. You know, understand, don't, don't uh, forget where they were coming from. They had been all cooped up. They'd been in hiding in fear of their life. And they finally go out. And what happens? They catch nothing. They catch absolutely nothing. An entire night of hard labor and nothing to show for it. They must have thought, you know, it's just not worth it anymore. Why bother? All that work for nothing. Sound familiar in the ministry? Yeah, we can all relate to that. You know, our work and our ministry for the Lord, can, it can feel that same way from time to time. You know, we plan, we prepare, we, we put everything together. We put a lot of our time and, and our energy and effort to, to make sure everything is done right and get everything ready. You know, we have a, a vision of exactly how things are going to go, and, and we see in our mind's eye the lives that are going to be changed through Jesus Christ, through, through our ministry, how we, you know, uh, the work that we've put together. But then comes that night of catching nothing. Amen? If you're in the ministry long enough, you're going to have that night. No doubt about it. Things don't go anything like the way you planned it. Or, everything went perfect, 
but nobody showed up. One of those two. What do we do? We hang our heads low and we mope around and, you know, have that defeated attitude. We start to question and ask the same thing. Why, why did we even bother? What a waste of time. All that work and all that energy for nothing. Nobody cares anyway. But that's when we need to immediately stop. And recognized how far off course we've drifted. Amen. We need to be mindful. We need to remember why we are doing what we do. And more importantly, not just why we're doing it, but who we are doing it for. Amen. Jesus Christ is our motive. We're not doing it for ourselves. We're not doing it for recognition. We are doing it for Jesus Christ, plain and simple. We're doing it because we love him. And we want to recognize all that he has done for us. We're doing it for all those that are in need. As Jesus said, he said, what you do to the least of them, you do it what? To me. We need to remember during that night of catching nothing that our motivation is Jesus Christ and nothing else. Amen. That's why we're doing it. <clears throat> Last thing I want us to see this morning is that our morning is also coming. Look at verse 4. But when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? And they answered him and said, no. Then he said to them, cast a net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. You see, when the morning came, and the sun started shining across the darkness and started to chase that darkness away. Who did they see on shore? Jesus himself. That night was dark. It was lonely. It was exhausting with nothing to show for it. But Jesus was always close by. He was always watching and ready. And so often in our lives, we are blinded by the darkness of the circumstances. We're blinded by the darkness of the situation that we forget that Jesus is also always there for us. And he's there willing and waiting to chase away that darkness, that situation in our life. He's just one prayer away. Amen. Jesus was there for them that entire night. He was ready to meet whatever need they had. Ready to usher in a new perspective. Ready to usher in a new outlook for them. Ready to usher in a new day with a new hope. That's why the Bible tells us that Jesus is our morning star. He is our day spring, our sunrise. Amen? No matter how long. And how hard the night was. There's just something refreshing 
about a sunrise on a new day, isn't it? That, dark, that night was dark. It was frustrating. It was full of anxiety. But just something about that sunrise of a new day. A sense of restored hope. A sense of restored purpose. And we have that hope in Jesus Christ. No matter how dark and lonely that night. No matter how dark and lonely it's been. No matter how you know, many wrong turns we've taken. No matter how long we've been lost. Jesus is there. Watching. And waiting. Just waiting for us to fix our eyes on him. Waiting for us to come just as we are. With all the junk. With all of our sins. With all of our failures. He's just waiting for us to come just as we are. And he wants to change our course. Correct that, that downward direction that we've been going. And give us a new course. Give us a new purpose. With a new hope. And a new promise. Look at verse 5. Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? In that simple question, we see his compassion, his love and concern for them. Have you any food? Basically, he's saying, are you hungry? I don't know about you, but it sounds like going to mom and dad's home. Amen. What do, you, what do they say as soon as you get in? Come on in. Sit down. Let me get you something to eat. Amen. Are you hungry? How much more love and concern does our Heavenly Father have for us? Jesus asked that simple question. Have you any food? Did you catch anything? He knew where they were all night. Did you catch anything? What was their answer? They probably, you know, bowed their head low and said, no. No, we don't. And then we see verse 6. He said, just cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. Too often, we try to do things on our own. In our own strength, in our own abilities, in our own wisdom. And what's the result? A dark night of catching nothing. Amen? A lonely night of catching absolutely nothing. We have to learn to lean on Jesus Christ and allow him to lead us and direct us. Amen? Lean on his strength. Now, I want to clarify something here as well. There are many times... When we work for the Lord with a proper prayerful attitude and proper prayerful preparation, and yet we still experience a night with nothing, maybe a month or a year with catching nothing, we have to understand that working for the Lord does not always bring immediate results. Amen? We have to understand that many of God's programs are long-term. We may not see the fruit of our labor for months, for years, 
and maybe not even on this side of eternity. That's what we have to keep into perspective. But we can absolutely be assured that the word of God will never, ever return void. That is his promise to us. Go and spread the gospel, plain and simple. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. With goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Did you catch that? Doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, plain and simple. Amen? God is a rewarder of the faithful. We need to understand that. And look at the result of following Christ. Go back to our original text, verse 6. Jesus tells them to cast the, the net on the right side, he said, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Their catch was so big that they couldn't even draw it into, uh, onto the boat. The net was too heavy. It was overpacked. Look at verse 7. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, John, he said to Peter, he said, it is the Lord. John recognized his Lord. Amen? And what did he do? He gave him the glory. John said, indeed, that has to be the Lord. Look at the blessing that he has given us. He knew his Lord's handiwork. He knew his Lord's blessing. <clears throat> Verse uh, 7 again. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it. And what did he do? He dove right into the sea to swim ashore. Amen? Without hesitation, Peter just dove in and swam directly to his Lord. He didn't want to wait for this slow boat to get there. He wanted to get to his Lord as quick, as fast as possible. Amen. John and Peter, both of these two men give us such a great example to follow after. Number one, get to know the Lord. John knew immediately that was his Lord. Why? Because he knew him. He had a relationship with him. A close and personal relationship with him. Get to know the Lord. Get to him as fast as possible and give him the glory for all the blessings in your life. Great lessons from these two men. No matter how dark the night is, morning is coming if we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Amen. Our morning is coming. Look at verse 12. Jesus said to them, Come and eat. A simple invitation, but it's an invitation for all of us. Come unto Jesus Christ and let him meet your every need. Come break bread with him and enjoy his presence evermore. Come and eat with the Lord Jesus Christ and let him fill your soul. Amen. Come and eat.